0: Well, before you sit down, why don't you find someone? You say, we're taking it to the next level. You say, say good morning. Thank you. Well, I've been uh, delight, delightfully surprised this summer as God's been up to some cool things. I don't know if you've noticed, we've maybe mentioned it a couple of times, but God has been really speaking about some specific things he wants to do in this house. And, uh, and I don't know, Maybe maybe you've... Like I know Larry Sabadash, he has met all manly skills because if I ever need a tool, I go down and he's like, listen, you need this, this, and that. He's got like, or, or even Wade, when, when it comes to my man construction skills, uh, I still do not have a ladder, I still do not have a all, but I, he- oh, and an air compressor. I hear it's a beckoning call for all men to come when you turn that thing on. But, but I am not there in terms of next level Man, construction. I mean, I've started doing a couple things where I, I feel like I leveled up this summer. Like there were some things that I did around my house that made me feel like I'm starting to arrive in this man construction skill world. But I mean, when I walk outside, I also know that I have Wade's ladder there, so it's not really mine. Uh, but uh, I want to talk today about something that I think that God's been laying through every message that has been spoken over the last three weeks. But really, I want to give a specific instruction about that because we all like to level up in our lives. You know what I mean? Like, as a young adult, when you're hanging out with your best friends, they do something crazy, and then you're like, I have to do this. I have to do something crazy. Like, they just climbed this. I can climb that. They just caught, like, I had one time, like, my friend caught a rabbit, and I was like, He caught a rabbit? I got to catch a rabbit. So every time I saw a rabbit, I was like, I'm gonna get that thing. I need to get to this next level of manliness that he had produced. And I, I mean, even, I feel like I have a significant growing up phase of my life because I grew up, and it's like, I don't know if you knew, but like as of Friday, August 6th, it's been 30 years since the World Wide Web has been introduced. On, on August 6th, 1991, the World Wide Web was introduced to the world. And if you look at the way that it began, like, and I know that some of you in here, you were like me and I still can associate and understand you because I did have to walk around with a cord on my phone and I did, and could only go to certain places. And then it came to the like massive antenna ones that like hooked up with the call display. And uh, phones have just leveled up as long with the internet. And so I can, I get this. I get the idea of leveling up. And I lived in a stage where there was massive change. But I mean, continuously I was blown away by the the next level. You know what I mean? Like culture always loves this. They have like conferences to show you the next level of technology or conferences to show you just what's coming next. And uh, I was blown away by those things. Just even the, the phone, remembering that it's like this week I was talking about like, okay, how am I gonna bring what you have to say, God? I was thinking about flip phones and how I do like T9 and then all of a sudden I got an iPhone that can like, I can put it down on a spot and it charges. I don't have to have it plugged in. It's crazy because phones have done some things to me that I think spiritually, I think I would love the Holy Spirit to do. One is this, to allow for better reception, to allow the power and connectivity with the whole world. Like I can text my friend in London and he gets a text message and it shows up in a blue blob on, on a, a piece of metal, stone, smart, smart rocks, as Dalton says sometimes to me. And the ability to know where I'm at, wherever I am. I know I can open my phone and GPS tells me where I'm at. And it's sitting ready and available. And there's always this next level. And I think that the Holy Spirit is kind of that next level. And I want to kind of take and and break this down in a real simple way to understand that the Holy Spirit is this next level that sometimes we recognize that we don't even use. And uh, think about it for a second. Where have you taken it to the next level in your life physically? I mean, pushing boundaries. Like there's people that work out in this space and they're going to the gym and they always wanna add that little next weight on to push to the next level physically. Or maybe emotionally, like me, you're pushing your emotions to the next level, because when I was 19, I didn't have kids, and I didn't have to take it to the next level of patience. If there's any parents in there, amen. But do you know what I mean? Like, There's next levels in my emotional strength, and there's things that maybe in my life, like where in your life do you have to take your emotions to the next level? Or what about mentally? Like that little inside voice that talks to you, is it really at that next level, or is it like, would you find that it's not healthy? And I was asking God and praying about it this week because we've been stuck kind of around John, John 15. Wade talked about staying connected to the vine. And what I found interesting, and I didn't realize it until I was reading around John 14, 15, 16, is that this is like Jesus is calling us to a next level. He's at, at, like... And I want to get to what he did, but I just want to say something that I really felt God was laying on my heart because I feel like this church, we're hungry to take it to the next level. You can hear it in the worship. You can hear it in the conversation that we're just hungry to take it to the next level. But I felt like God was saying, you got to level up. And I titled my my message leveling up. And I know like for some gamers in the house are like, yeah, like level up. I love that stuff. Like you make your player, your character better. But I'm talking about you gotta allow the Holy Spirit to move in ways you never thought possible. To do things unimaginable, taking it to the next level. I mean, praying for the blind to see. And I'm not just talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually. I'm talking on a level and uh, praying for revival. And I know that 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 for me is a, a word that like, sometimes it sits in me the wrong way because I grew up with an understanding of what revival looked like for me as a grade five kid where they had a big tent, and they had a healing evangelist come in, and tons of people were getting healed, and that was, to me, this, when someone says that word, that's what I imagine. But it's just because I haven't really taken my study on revival to the next level, to really understand what that means, because to revive is to bring back to life, right? Revivra or whatever it is in the Latin, to, to bring Back to life. And over the last three weeks at church, without knowing we've been pushing hard into disciplines, to staying connected, to prayer. But if if we're only to teach you those things, read your Bible and pray, and what that really significantly means, I feel like we might miss something. Because I want to take things to the next level. I want to see next level in worship, next level in teaching, next level in prayer and evangelism. And I really believe that that comes Because there was a scripture that popped into my mind. It says, not, this is Zechariah 4.6. It's like an old little minor prophet, some dude who wrote the words of God down on a piece of paper inspired. Zechariah says, not by my power or by my might, but by the spirit, says the Lord. Because what I really felt was that you cannot stay connected without the Holy Spirit. You cannot be self-disciplined Spirit empowered lives of faith without being connected to the Holy Spirit. And you cannot revive you or others without the Holy Spirit. And that means taking it to the next level. So let's pray and then dive into the, the Word. Father, I thank you that you love us and that you sent your Son and that he said such significant words to teach us what it means to take your presence here on earth to the next level. I pray that you guide our words today and guide our hearts to understand just what you have for us as people that are desiring to know more from you. Amen. If you have your Bibles and you like to open them, like if you, if you like doing that, if not, I do have the scripture on the screen, but we're, uh, we're reading in the, in the area of John 14, 15, and 16. This is like a passage that's interesting because this scripture is Jesus's words while he's hanging out with the people that he loves the most. He's literally hanging out at supper. It's the, the pinnacle as in church world is they call it, the last supper. And uh, he's telling them some things because literally right before he says this, before he talks about the promises of the Holy Spirit in, in, in John 14, He is coming to town. So pre this, when we're reading in John, first of all, he's done two things. One is that he's freed a boy from an evil spirit. Crazy. And like the disciples couldn't do it. They had decided that there was a structure on how to free someone. And Jesus came and said, listen, this isn't about structure. This is about prayer. This is about relationship with God. God. You want to free someone from something, it's not about a routine or ritual of, oh, okay, you're broken. Here, let me pray a specific prayer. It was, let me get connected to the Father and see what I need to say. And Jesus was declaring this. And so he had this moment with the disciples. And then right after that, he raises Lazarus from the dead. Dead dude, like dead, dead, three days, buried in a grave. Everyone's like, don't open it. He stinks. And then he goes and he comes into Jerusalem during the Passover and he's having this meal. And that's the setting to where Jesus goes, I need you, I wanna take you to the next level. You've seen all these things that I can do. You see the power of God through my life in others and yours, but I need you to take it to the next level. He wants them to understand that he was leaving, but it was gonna be okay. Because he said, I'm gonna send someone who's gonna take you to the next level. Level. Let me prove it to you. John 14, 16. It says, and I will pray to the father and he will give me another helper that he may abide with you forever. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will, will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. A little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live, you will live also. Jesus was a helper and at the beginning of that passage in verse 16 it says, I'll pray that the father, to the father pray, I will ask the father that he will give you another helper. What's unique, I know that it's a grammatical thing and for some of those people that love this, It's capitalized. It's a helper. It's it's a human. And my first point that I wanna talk about today is this, is that the Holy Spirit is not just a power, is not just a presence, it's a person. It is a person. Jordan Cullum is a person. Mike Hofort is a person. And thanks to him, there is a person that is leading, directing, dreaming for us as a church. And I love it. But the Bible never refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. Never. Never does he it just it. The Spirit of God, it, it is. No, he. It says he is. He is a helper. You know what I mean? Like, it's a simple term. Like, you want to put it in regular terms? You don't crush and have a crush if you have a relationship on a tree. I know that it sounds silly, but a tree's in it. It doesn't have anything. A person is a he or she, and you're like, she is good looking, or he is fine, and you crush, and you have this personal love for a person. And so when it talks about these things, it's important to talk about that this is a personal thing, because you will never develop a personal relationship with someone you never see as a person, I'm going to say that again. You will never develop a personal relationship with someone you don't see as a person. And the Holy Spirit is wanting a personal relationship with you. And sometimes I wish that the Holy Spirit had a different name, you know, like, like George or something, something different. Because even just the word spirit makes people think, because of our teaching, that spirit is, is distant and mystical and magical, but I want to teach today a little bit and I want to represent something totally to you different because God is three persons in one. He is God the Father, He is God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I mean, people have an idea of who God is in the world today. Even even famous people stand up on podiums like this with their beautiful gold Grammys and Emmys, and I oh, thank God. I thank God for, for this. And so they're thanking someone that they maybe don't really know personally. Because you see, here's what's unique about God God is three in one. One God, three expressions. One God, three expressions. And God the Father is not more powerful than God the Holy Spirit. Like that, that this, for me, when, when I was. Thinking about this week messed me up. God the Father is not more powerful than God the Holy Spirit. Okay, they're the same. And I want to give an example of that, of what it looks like. And we have God the Son is not more powerful than God the Holy Spirit. They're all the same. Okay, and sometimes we've been taught this in one God, three expressions. Say it with me. One God, God. three expressions. One God, one God, three expressions. And today, I, I wanted to like make it real simple. I wanted to, to do a little science, because science is fun. And, and yes, Mike and I were playing with some stuff earlier today to make sure that I didn't get hurt while I was doing this. Don't worry, no one will be hurt. But I'm not wearing safety glasses. It's great. No, I'm OK. But I want to explain something, OK? Because... What, what is this that, that Amanda is bringing up? Does anybody know what this is? What is this? This is water. OK, yeah, water. This is water. But at, it, at its like fundamental form, what do we call this? H2O, H2O, OK? H2O, all right. So what is this? Ice, ice. But at its basic form? H2O, different expression, OK? It's frozen. I'll tell you why. Because I've, I, had, I had some dry ice in there. And it froze everything, which is good that we didn't put this in there. Maybe it would have been frozen by the time we got to this. Different expression. Same thing, OK? What is this? I told you already. Dry ice, OK? Different expression. Different than all of these. Here's the thing. Water, right? I can add it. It's not going to change it. Like, to add ice to my normal water, it's just a different, it's a colder expression of this. The Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, I love. This is just a different expression, a different expression of God, okay? So three in one, all very different, but this is what God's going to begin to do in your life. When you allow him in, when you allow God to begin to do something, it just begins to overflow, because God didn't intend for you just to have the Holy Spirit inside of you changing things. He had planned for you to overflow into all areas of your life. And this is three expressions of God. And I want to explain, because although they are all the same, expressions of H2O, they all have different functions. And so we have God the Father. Hopefully that doesn't, uh, I don't think it'll crack. You guys can enjoy it. I'll put it, I'll put it away, then I, I'm, not, I'm not nervous of, we we're going to do this with ice off the start. I mean, sorry, glass. And we were like, what if it breaks and goes everywhere? But just kidding. Just kidding. Little did you know I was a terrible scientist. Let's just hope it doesn't get proven. <laughs> right. So God, his name has a title. His name is Father. How do we know this? How do we know that God the Father, that is his title? Well, Jesus, Matthew 6, 9, prayed it. Disciples asked him, how do we pray? And they said this, our Father who art in heaven, right? So God is Father, and he sent his Son to earth because although Jesus has a specific title too, he is God the Son. He sent his only Son to earth, and Jesus sent then after he went to heaven sent the holy spirit i'm not i just i just don't want to leave it out i'm sorry if you wanted the visual it's done but i mean dry ice is so cool i still can't stop thinking about it but there's some specific functions so we have god the father okay and then we have god the son because god the father could not exist on earth Although he had relationship when he was with God, so we have God the Father, God the Son, right? So God is our Father. He's seated in heaven. And we know that because of the prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, right? And so we know God's GPS. And when our brokenness and sin kept us separate from God, he had to send a Savior, Jesus. Jesus' function God, the son, was savior. He was sent, like, in the beginning when God created us, it says in Genesis, let us. Let's, let us, like, there was a board meeting where Jesus, God, you know what, I'm gonna leave it out. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid. It's just bubbling, but that is what the Holy Spirit does in our life. Okay, so, God, Father, Holy Spirit, had a board meeting at the beginning of time. He said, let us make men in our image. That meant that all three of them were hanging out. And so the Savior, God did his purpose. And this is what's unique about the Father. Because the Father's job, his function was provider, was creator. You want to know how we did that? God did this in seven days. He created everything that you experience now. And I think this is crazy because I was discussing with a science geek this week about these things that like everything that God created that we experience and find today, God set into motion in seven days, six days, even so much that he took a day to rest to show us that it's important to rest. But when our brokenness, the provider provided a savior because he knew that out of our broken relationship that he still wanted to have relationship with us. And so he sent his son to earth to die on a cross to pay the price for our brokenness and sin. And so Jesus was savior. And when we read in John 14, 16, Jesus is talking about this whole thing. He's about to tell them that they're going. He's leaving. But he's going to give us this helper. What I love about it is that he says, if we go back to it, if we can go back to John 14, 16, he says, and I'll ask the father and he will give us another helper. Another helper. Okay, specific. That means that Jesus understood that he was a helper. He was a helper for the sin. That was his purpose. God created the earth, he was done. When he was done, he finished all he did. He seated in the heavenlies. He sat on his throne in heaven. Then he sent his son and Jesus came to earth and he died and he said, it is finished on a cross. And as he walked through that and as he told his disciples, when I do this, and when I experience it, I hear you guys talking. Is it, is it make, are you watching it? Wade, you can clean it up after. That's great. If it, if it messes up, I'll put it on you. I have a shot back. Good, good. I'm glad we have a shot back. But Jesus, he was done. When he was done, he said, I'm going. I have to leave because I'm going to be seated. And so the status of the father is that he's seated in heaven. Okay. So there's a function, a status, and location of all three of these. And this is where I think that we, we struggle. God is seated. Jesus is now seated. You want proof? I love this. This is what, what, what I love doing is finding proof in the word of God that explains what I'm feeling. Jesus is seated in heaven in Luke 22. Luke twenty-two sixty-nine. 69, this is what it says. It says, but from now on, this is the NLT version, It says, but from now on, the Son of Man will be seated in the place of power at God's right hand. That means God's seated in heaven, Jesus is seated at his right hand. Where's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit is here because Jesus said, I have to go because I'm going to send you this helper. Jesus did his job in helping us experience salvation. Okay, he did his job and God created and they're sitting in heaven like, we've done our job. And so when we're praying, I don't wanna talk about semantics of like, oh, you have to only pray to the Holy Spirit. That's not what I mean. Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Everything that exists in God is the same thing that exists in Jesus. And everything that exists in God exists in the Holy Spirit. That means the resurrection power of Christ is available to us through the Holy Spirit active here on the earth today. This is why I love it, because the reason you have to receive and release the Holy Spirit in your life is because he is the only God that is active in every part, in every day, in every week, in every minute, in every breath that you take for the rest of your life. The active presence of God on earth is a person, and his name is The Holy Spirit. You can go to tons of places and you can raise your hands in church and you can experience voices singing to God. And I've been in those spaces where people are like, the the Holy Spirit is moving in this house. I've even said it myself, for sure, because I, I know. But here's the reason, is because I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because he's a person. And the Spirit starts telling me, hey, I'm doing something right now. This is why God always said, Behold, look, I'm doing a new thing. He wanted you to see what he was up to actively here on earth. The Holy Spirit is not extra. The Holy Spirit is essential. He's not, I'm gonna say that again. The Holy Spirit is not extra. The Holy Spirit is essential. He is not like barbecue sauce on your steak. He is not like ranch to your chicken nuggets. He is not just this tag-along third wheel with God and Jesus where he's like, hey, could I say something? No, no, no. He is essential and he's part of your life right now. Somebody say it with me. The Holy Spirit Spirit. is my help help. because he's sent as a helper. Do you know that the word helper that they're talking about when it comes to the Holy Spirit is said five times in the Bible? Five times, four of which are said in this passage when he's talking to the disciples about the Holy Spirit. Five times it's talked about the helper, four times just in this passage when Jesus is saying, this is the job, the status, the role of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I, I'm going and I have this train of thought in my mind where I go like, who do I go for help? Where do, where do, you, where do you go You know, like I was at Canadian Tire the other day and I literally had to try and find like one of those, uh, this is my man construction lingo coming out, those L-shaped brackets that hold your shelves. It is impossible to find something. It's like needle in a haystack in Canadian Tire to find that little, little, little thing. And you know what I had to do? I had to go ask someone for help. You know, when something's going wrong in the restaurant, there's not everyone that can help you. You have to ask for someone specific. And that's the Holy Spirit. God can help you. Jesus can help you. But there is a spirit that is fastened, suited to help you in your lives that God has given us in us. You know what? You, you need to know which business deal to take. Ask the Holy Spirit. You need to know which relationship to be in. Ask the Holy Spirit. You need to know God's will for your life. Ask. Holy Spirit you need to know where the medicine whether or not the medicine you're taking is beneficial to what you're walking through ask the Holy Spirit and it starts with this start reading your Bible you want to know direction like there is there is the general will of God I love to say like in church we use these church words logos and Rama and if you're a Christian Lots of people kind of understand those words, because all it means is the general will of God and the specific will of God. Logo, meaning the general will of God, this book. You want to know about marriage? You want to know about relationships? You're 13, 14, going like, well, what am I supposed to be looking for in a girl? General will of God, here. It's not going to tell you, oh, Sierra, that girl in your class? Yeah, that's the one. That is not general will of God, Okay. You wanna start somewhere as to know what God's calling you to do? To lay hands on the sick and pray? Like those are things that the Bible says. That's the general will of God. Well, what do I do once I've laid my hands on them? Okay, that's specific. Hey, I need you to just ask this person to stand up. I need you to just test it out. Those are when the Holy Spirit, when you have a relationship and a personal relationship with God. And I know that this is sometimes tough for us. Because some of us are wrestling, do I hear God or not? There is only one spirit that can say that Jesus is Lord. And some of you have been saying Jesus is Lord your whole life, but not recognizing that that's the Holy Spirit in you. Because only the spirit of God can say that Jesus is Lord. That's 1 Corinthians 12, 13. That is this general will. And so you have the general and specific will of God. There's three versions of God, and I like to think of it as we close today of want, want this, these things. Everybody has these, and, and they get me. They get me. And it's, it's interesting because every operating piece of technology has like an, an OS, an operating system. Okay? And in the operating system of God, there's a 1.0 where we need to recognize God. The 1.0 of faith is recognizing that God is real. And in our lives sometimes we recognize that God is real. Lots of people will say that God is real. And that's recognizing that God is the creator of this universe. And then there's like the upgraded software, the level up, the 2.0, which is the receiving Jesus, believing that Jesus is this answer to the brokenness in me. It's this 2.0, but the sad thing is, not the sad thing, yeah, no, I'm gonna say the sad thing, that it stops there. People go, I accept Jesus, cool, I admit it. And the truth is, your name is written in the book of life. When you profess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he's a real person, that he died and that he raised from the grave, that is significant when we receive Christ. But there is a 3.0, that Jesus was telling his disciples that it wasn't just about knowing God and knowing Jesus. Like that's not our vision statement at the church. We don't stop there, it's not knowing God, knowing Jesus, full stop. We have have an upgrade and we understand the upgrade in the Holy Spirit and that's a making God known. Making him known in your life, in terms of telling yourself, wow, there's a Holy Spirit that is a person that I can talk with about the things that are going on in my life. And it's simply by saying this, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say? I wanna be connected to the Holy Spirit. And it's simply by saying this, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say? I just, I don't, I just, I don't wanna welcome him here to just this church on a Sunday. I don't wanna just just have Holy Spirit Sundays and make you think that this is the only space that the Holy Spirit is active. And a lot of times we come to church. I know this is like, maybe like just right at your front door, me going like, hey, this is a reality. Some of you come to church, this is the only time you interact with God, the only time you experience the Holy Spirit, and then you leave here. And then you think, Pastor Mike, Pastor Jordan, Pastor Wade, or my leader in my life group, are the only people that are able to speak and bring wisdom into my life. Well, that's not true. The Holy Spirit is this gift that Jesus gave to take us all spaces, to be in all places, every second, every minute of the day. When I'm worshiping God with hands raised, He's there. When I'm sitting at a computer looking at wrong pictures, the Holy Spirit's there. The Holy Spirit is everywhere. He is active on the earth today and He's part of your life. You need to skip the middle man and I think when God says we need to take it to the next level, for those that are in this church and believe that God has given us this gift of the Holy Spirit, I wanna see, like I know this is a dream, but, but I wanna see more salvations and people coming to know the Lord outside this building than inside this building on a Sunday. Like, like the reality is that that doesn't happen. That doesn't just happen by just bringing your friend, hey, I'm gonna bring him, and Mike's gonna share something with him that he doesn't know. No, you're gonna sit down for coffee with him, you're gonna share something with him that he doesn't know because the Holy Spirit's gonna download something in your life because you're in this and you're reading the word of God and it's changing your life so much that you say, to your friend, man, you gotta got experience what I'm experiencing. I've got something bringing me to life every day where I felt dead. I don't know how to fix the peace with my wife. Holy Spirit, help me. I don't know how to fix my porn addiction. Holy Spirit, help me. I need direction for my relationship to my future. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And it begins when we begin to welcome him here. And I just wanna invite you to stand because we have a song. It's been sung in church recently in, in just the past few years. And the words are just, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And a lot of times we think about it as a space. Don't get me wrong. You say this anytime, the Holy Spirit's gonna show up. Because he was like, I've been waiting for you to say this. You sitting in your car. Holy Spirit, I'm frustrated with my circumstances. I, I, but instead I'm gonna worship him and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And Holy Spirit's sitting in that. Pastor Steve's going, all right. I got some battery for your car. I got some strength for your soul. I got some healing for those areas of hurt. Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And so today, I want to sing that song. And as we sing that song as a declaration of worship, that we're saying, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my my unrest. Because the Holy Spirit's here. Just like I said, the Holy Spirit's here. And those people that say, Holy Spirit's here. No, no, no. Holy Spirit's here. If you have Christ in your life, He's going, I want to speak to you right now. I've submitted my thoughts to Him in this space. I want to speak to you right now. And So as we worship... God's going to speak different things to every one of you because what you're walking through, Holy Spirit has the right words for you. And so we're just going to worship in this space just for a moment. And then I'm just going to close the service.
1: There's nothing worth
0: In this house, I just want to give opportunity for those that maybe have never received or, or felt like they, they were. The enemy is this way of blinding us to see what we've been given as a gift. Okay? A lot of times we walk around going, I, I haven't re-, we use this church term, I haven't received the Holy Spirit. Yes, you have. Jesus has given it to us, He died on a cross. Okay? So sometimes the enemy blinds us to seeing that we have a great gift in the Holy Spirit. And then he has convinced us that we have to have this specific prayer where you come up and people pray on you and all of a sudden you have to have, the, you start speaking in tongues. That's, it's not the evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's a benefit of the Holy Spirit, okay? There's a difference. There's not evidence of the Holy Spirit, it's a benefit. It is a gift that the Spirit in Corinthians talks about, the gifts that you're given. There's something that Christ gives us. And so in this house, if this is you and you're going, I want my eyes open to the Holy Spirit in my life, I just want to pray for you this morning. And I just want you to raise your hand if that's you, if you're in this place and it's like, I want the Holy Spirit to be more visible in my life. I just want you to raise your hand and I'm just going to pray with you this morning all over this house for those that need a fresh touch of the Spirit, for the Spirit to come and move, to become evidence in our lives. So Holy Spirit, why don't you pray this with me? Holy Spirit, I ask you, open my eyes to see the great gift. I believe Jesus died on a cross for me to receive you as a gift. So I welcome you right now all over this house, why don't we just praise God that we are seeing God differently than we saw Him before. When Jesus took the cup at the supper, he said, this is the cup of new covenant. There's a new promise and his people, an agreement confirmed with his blood to do this in remembrance as often as you drink it. Father, I thank you that you are in this house over every circumstance, every broken picture of life that we see. God, I just pray right now that the Holy Spirit would become a restoration agent in our lives. We welcome you into our homes, into our marriages, into our parenting situations, into our addictions, into our hidden struggles. We welcome you with praise. We welcome you in this space. And as we go, would we walk with the understanding of new covenant that is no longer I have to come to a space, to an altar, to offer a sacrifice, to receive the righteousness of God. We, we are the righteousness of God through, the, through Christ. We are the righteousness of God with the Holy Spirit. And so we welcome you Holy Spirit today. Wreck our lives. And I know that I mean that in the best possible way. God, ruin us for normal that when we leave this house, that we can no longer be the same. Take us to the next level. Jesus, we praise you and we thank you for what you did today. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So if you need to go get your kids, you can go get your kids. If if you wanna stay in worship, worship, this space is a, a place of prayer. If there are things that you're wrestling with, where you're like, I don't know, what's going on, but I just need prayer. We have prayer teams that that we have up at the front here because we want to pray with you because we believe the Holy Spirit speaks through us to allow the presence of God in lives to change others. So go be the church. Let's change this community. Amen.